0: the hill country patriot he's a native texan president of the fredericksburg tea party a student of ben franklin and john Locke, and he's a christian conservative political activist he's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide advise and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet self-governance we don't get he's matt long and this is the matt long show good morning folks so happy to be here with you on a lovely thanksgiving morning in the hill country yes we are live in the bunker on thanksgiving morning i had the best uh, parking spot in the uh, parking lot this morning because there ain't nobody here but but uh bob and and uh some guy named harley i saw him on his way out i'm not sure what he does here i think maybe i don't he mops and does some stuff anyway and uh so yeah that's it so i uh, parked in the boss's uh spot this morning so it feels kind of good you know it makes a nice short walk over here and uh so anyway hope you're having a good thanksgiving i hope you're uh Maybe you're just laying in bed with the radio turned on this morning. You're not in your truck on the way to work. So um, whatever you do today, just uh, be grateful. I think that's the whole idea behind it. So, um, no, I'm not going to talk politics today. I'm not going to talk about how awful Greg Abbott is and how he uh, destroyed your uh, Constitution and all your God-given rights in the last 18 months and how we want to uh, make sure that we have some... Uh, really good options in the primary no I'm not going to talk about any of that so um, not going to talk about your uh, representative who is a great campaign conservative but just can't carry it on when he gets onto the house of uh, the the floor of the house nope not going to talk about any of that and all the opportunities to uh, get some uh, new blood into the Texas House and the Texas Senate nope we're not going to talk about any of that. Um, in fact, we're not going to talk about the fact that there are 80 days until primary voting starts 80 days. It's like right here. It's right around the corner. All right. So we're not going to talk about any of those things. I do have some things on your calendar. Um, there had been, uh, some, um, prayer meetings going on at the Kerrville courthouse, um, at the flagpole on Saturdays. And I was trying to get a handle on if was it every Saturday, every other Saturday. And I think I've finally figured it out. I got an email the other day and they're calling it the first Saturday prayer. And so I think now we can, uh, uh, I think the pattern has been set that the first Saturday of every month, there is going to be prayer at the Kerrville courthouse at 1130 in front of the flagpole. So. First Saturday prayer, that is the 4th of December. The 6th of December, Mercy Gate Ministries is going to be having a fundraiser. We're really looking forward to that one. We're going to bring you more on that. We're going to get Chase Spencer in here to talk about that here sometime uh, next week. Um, We have on the 7th, on Tuesday the 7th at uh, 6 o'clock, We the People, Liberty in Action, Young Adults. Yes, you heard that, Young Adults Liberty-minded young adults, yes, they do exist, and uh, they've started working together in Kerrville. It's pretty amazing. I'm excited to see what they accomplish. They're going to be meeting on Tuesday, the seventh, at the Pint and Plow in Kerrville, and uh, they're asking that you RSVP to that. So as we get closer to that, because that's still, uh, about, you know, still about ten days off. When we get closer to that, I'll give you all the details. And then I'm also very excited to go ahead and get on your calendar on the 13th, on Monday the 13th. Seth Keschel is going to be in uh, Kerrville uh, with an amazing presentation. And um, he uh, says he's got all the proof that uh, election fraud is not just in a handful of states but everywhere everywhere and uh, all over the country, and yes, likely even in your hometown. And uh, Seth Keschel is an expert on that, and i uh, been listening to some of his interviews. And boy, I'm telling you what, he's got the numbers, he's got the numbers. And uh, I have some questions ready for him. I uh, can't wait to meet Seth Keschel, but if you um, want to hear him talk about how the election actually truly <laughs> 2020 really was truly stolen and, um, how, and how it was, uh, even stolen in Texas, even though our guy ended up, even though we did end up with our votes going for Trump. But, uh, in so many other areas, our elections in Texas are just, um, he claims we can't count on them, but there is a fix. And so Seth Keschel is going to be here in, uh, Monday, December 13th. And that is going to be a paid event, an event including a dinner. And uh, so we'll bring you more details on that. Let's see. I think I do have a uh, website here, com. So we'll uh, get you details on that. Give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin here before we take off. Let's see. Um how about one about eating all right here we go eat to please thyself but dress to please others i don't know if i can uh not sure if i can agree with ben on that uh eat to please thyself but dress to please others i don't know about you but i wear what's comfortable so uh you guys stay tuned and uh, we'll be right back with uh jody gould we are ready we are back and uh, can't wait to get going I've got some good stuff from you from David Barton today we got some George Washington uh, but before we get to that we need to get to some of our local famous people and that would be Jody Gould who is busy in fact I kind of feel guilty um, calling her and disturbing her because you're working on a bunt cake is that what you're doing right now
1: I'm I'm making a Pumpkin spiced
0: rum cake. <laughs> wow! Wow! Listen, I have I have a bunt pan in the shape of a football stadium. If you <laughs> if you ever if you ever need to be make a bunt cake in the shape of a football stadium, I'm your go to guy. So just let me know and uh, okay. be, be glad to loan that to you. So um, well,
1: it, well, if if Dallas makes it to the um, Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. We might just have to borrow that. All right,
0: all right. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. So there you go. So y'all have big Thanksgiving plans in obviously today.
1: Yeah, not not real big. We got some family coming over, but you um, we were keeping it a little toned down. You know, we have a big family, and they all have spouses, and so every once in a while we have to share Thanksgiving Day with the other. Side of the family, so uh-huh. this is the year All right. the other side of the family gets the other, you know, to to do their thing. So we're just um, having a small shindig with a couple of people. This All
0: day, right, well that's which is
1: okay with me.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll bet it is. So that means the Tejas Smoke Depot is not open for business today.
1: Not open today. No, we posted it okay. uh, several weeks ago, so hopefully everybody got the message. But it's been. That's the norm for every year. So Good.
0: Well, that's the way it should be. I think uh, businesses should be closed on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, and Sundays. So tell us, uh, besides Thanksgiving and Sundays, tell us what your hours are at the Tejas Smoke Depot.
1: So we're open every day Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then we're closed every Sunday, so. That's or, right. And holidays, of course, you know, Christmas okay. and Thanksgiving. So. There you go. But uh, this year we're going to, you know, have our regular sales. We're going to have a Black Friday sale tomorrow. Right. And um, we're probably going to be running sales throughout the end of the year. So if you're looking for, you know, gifts that are geared toward tobacco, um, come in. We're making some good deals this year. Okay. Well, which we do every year um, but uh, yeah uh, we've got a pretty good inventory right now lots of CBD products and and um, fine cigars and um, accessories I know that the shelves were looking pretty stocked the last time I went through actually yeah. I haven't been in uh, in in the last couple of weeks I just had sinus surgery and so it's oh, hit me bless out. your heart. Oh, I know, but hey, I can smell today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good. Jody Gould smells, we'll uh, spread the word.
1: <laughs> hey, that can be the phrase that pays. <laughs> there you go.
0: Um, what is Speaking of the phrase that pays, for our listeners to uh, this radio program, we give them a, a secret code, a phrase that right. pays every Thursday, and they can use it for the following week to get a discount if they just use the phrase that pays when they go into the tejas smoke depot so do you have one for us this week well
1: we uh, all talked about it this morning and we've just come up with thank god for texas
0: all right thank god for texas is the phrase that pays boy no kidding not only do we need to thank god but we need to get to work saving texas so and that's that's, uh, that's boy that's what we all are keyed up on here Jody, it's, uh, we're going to tell people where you're at. Um, if you're in Fredericksburg on Main Street, head west, go to the Y at the end of town and uh, veer off to the left. And down on the left, a little bit further down the road, is going to be the Tejas Smoke Depot. And if you've got your kids in the truck just make a counterclockwise drive around their nice little building and pull right up to the window and uh, Jody or one of her awesome employees uh, will wait on you hand and foot whatever you need they'll take care of you if it's a Dr Pepper and a honey bun and a couple of cigars they got you covered so did I get all that right
1: Sounds good to me, Matt.
0: All righty folks, uh, Jody y'all have an awesome Thanksgiving. And um, and uh, be nice to your family, and uh, there oh, you go. Absolutely, there you go. And Thank I hope you, Matt, you
1: also have a happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. Same, have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. All People right, out on the roads.
0: All right, there you go. All right, Jody, it's been great. We'll uh, talk to you later.
1: Okay, thanks, Matt.
0: Bye. All right. So, what have we got here today? I have been telling you about a book. Um, it's called The American Story: The Beginnings. Now, um, you, uh, you probably know I'm a big Glenn Beck fr- fan, and for many, many years, um, if Glenn Beck says you need to read this book or this is a really important book, I'm usually right there getting it. And one of the books that uh, he, pr- have for many, many, many years, and people will say, what what is the first book I should read? What is the book at the top of the list? And he's always said The 5,000-Year Leap by Skousen, and so... We, uh, the Fredericksburg Tea Party, I say we, the Fredericksburg Tea Party, for just as long, has been promoting this book. In fact, we had numerous copies of it for sale. Uh, We'll have more starting up in January, uh, the 5,000-year leap. However, about a couple of months ago, uh, Glenn Beck said that he had a new book for the top of the list, which really surprised me because the 5,000-year leap had been at the top of his list for years and years so for someone something new to come along to take the place of that was uh, quite a shock uh, to me and so of course i had to get it right away it's called the american story the beginnings and it's by david and tim barton and uh, so i have read through that it appears to be um very likely the first of several books uh, the way it's written and laid out um it's called uh, the subtitle is uh, called The Beginnings. So I think we're going to get more volumes of The American Story, I wouldn't be surprised. But today I have a reading out of uh, for you out of chapter 6. It's called The Famous Thanksgiving and Drought. And this was written by David and Tim Barton. So that's what I'm going to read from that for a bit because I think I really like the story. Um with Squanto's help The Pilgrims harvested sufficient food for their upcoming second winter. They had no surplus, but things definitely looked much better than they had the preceding year when half of the colonists had died. Governor William Bradford therefore appointed a day of thanksgiving, for they had much for which to be grateful. They now had a place where they could freely worship God. They had survived their first year in the wilderness of New England, and with Squanto's help, they had reaped a good harvest. Grateful for these blessings, the pilgrims invited their Wampanoag neighbors to celebrate and give thanks to God with them. Chief Massasoit and some 90 of his men came and feasted with the remaining pilgrims. The pilgrims and their Indian neighbors dined on deer, turkey, fish, lobster, eels, vegetable, cornbread, wait a minute, eels, by the way, does any of y'all have eels on your Bob eels in your Thanksgiving dinner? Okay, sorry, I got uh, just got, got distracted by that. Um, so they had lobster, eels, vegetables, cornbread, herbs, berries, and pies. They also engaged in athletic competition, including running, wrestling, and shooting. Chief Massasoit enjoyed himself so much that he had his men stay for three days. Now, a common narrative today is that the Indians hated colonists because of their land-grabbing practices and general racist disdain for the natives. However, the first thanksgiving shows this claim is both illogical and completely unfounded. After all, the 53, 53 remaining pilgrims were comprised of four men, four women, 14 young boys and girls, 13 infants and young children, and only 22 men on the other hand the 90 indians were all warriors if there had been ill will and uh, indians could have eliminated the pilgrims in a matter of minutes but they did not they were friends the Pilgrims' story is one of many demonstrating that modern portrayals of early colonists are often inaccurate by the way this was not the first thanksgiving in america this, uh, there had been several others prior to this one, but only um, as occasions of prayer. This pilgrim event birthed the tradition of Thanksgiving as a time that includes not only prayer, but also feasting and athletic events. Shortly after this celebration, as winter was setting in, 35 new settlers unexpectedly arrived. They were family and friends of the pilgrims who gladly welcomed them. The new group brought no provisions with them, so the pilgrims freely shared their own food, clothing, and homes. But with the new arrivals, the remaining winter supplies were cut to half allowance for each person. It was difficult, but thanks to Squanto's help, they now better knew how to live in the New England wilderness and thus survived, having been more adequately prepared for this their second winter when spring finally came their provisions were almost completely gone they spied a boat approaching on the horizon and were hopeful that the english company that had originally sponsored their colony was sending them provisions but the boat did not bring any food instead it brought seven more hungry people that summer another sixty men showed up many were sick but the pilgrims gladly took care of them They stayed all summer and eventually left, having depleted the pilgrims' meager supplies and expressing no gratitude for their help. Yet the pilgrims continued to put their trust in God, and no one starved, although there were many days when, as Governor Bradford acknowledged, they, quote, had need to pray that God would give them their daily bread above all people in the world, close quote. But now, being able to grow corn and hunt, they survived. Squanto had taught them how to live with the land rather than against it, and his pilgrim students learned their lessons well. But two after two years under his tutelage, much of their sorrow, their friends and mentor, became mortally ill. As Squanto was passing from this world to the next, Governor Bradford reported uh, he, quote, desired me to pray for him that he might go to the englishman's god in heaven he bequeathed sundry of his things to sundry of his english friends as remembrance of his love of whom they had a great loss without squanto the story of the pilgrims might have been quite different ending in tragedy rather than success Bradford openly acknowledged that Squanto, quote, was a special instrument sent of God for our good. One of the initial problems for the pilgrims was that they practiced a form of socialism. The fruits of their labor were put into a common pot and split among all. It didn't take long for those inclined to laziness to find that this was a system that suited them well. They could receive provisions without working. The result was inefficiency, non-productivity, and injustice. According to Governor Bradford, those who promoted socialism thought, quote, they were wiser than God. But experience proved they were not. Jamestown had earlier adopted socialism, and it had been disastrous there as well. Their governor, John Smith, combatted that failing system by citing the biblical principle that if anyone is not willing to work then he is not to eat either that being from 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10 those virginia colonists rejected that guidance flatly refusing to work in plymouth however when the pilgrims learned that bible's teaching learned the bible's teachings they embraced them including that of 1 Timothy 5 and 8 which states, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Applying this principle, saved the Colony, the biblical focus on individual rights and responsibilities is a core element of the free market system, especially the requirement that every person provide for his own family, not that of someone else. Clearly, everybody did not have the same skill set. One person might have been an excellent cooper, a barrel maker, while another was a noted cobbler or a superb hunter or a remarkable blacksmith. But because each had a particular skill by which he could provide for his own family, the blacksmith might take a pair of hinges he had made and exchange it for two turkeys shot by the hunter. And the cobbler might trade a pair of shoes, a cobbler might trade a pair of shoes for a barrel in which to keep potatoes. Each was providing for his own household by his own hard work and having different individual skills, they were able to buy, barter, and trade with others for everything they needed. Citizens knew what they wanted and how much they were willing to exchange for it, and it all occurred without undue interference by the government." Applying biblical principles, the pilgrims began to move away from the socialist lifestyle of farming they had practiced at their arrival. They adopted an early free market individual approach, assigning every family their own parcel of land. One of the new free market of the new free market system, Governor Bradford reported, this had very good success, for it made all hands very industrious. So as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been by any means the governor or any other could use and gave far better content, the women now went willingly into the field and took their little ones with them to set corn, which before would, eh, they would fake or pretend weakness and inability. That was uh, from Governor Bradford. Once the pilgrims began adopting Um, abandoning socialism and adopting the individual free enterprise model, their productivity dramatically increased and abundance began to emerge among them. They were able to directly benefit from their own hard work and the fruit of their personal labors, and they planted seven times more than they had only two years earlier. Uh, Looking back over the uh, Pilgrims, many improbable facts stand out. On their way back to America, the storms were so fierce that the main beam broke, endangering the lives of all on board. There were no tools on the ship to make the necessary repairs, but the Pilgrims unexpectedly and even illogically had with them what they needed to save the ship and continue the voyage. They were not trying to go to New England, but northern Virginia. In fact, on their voyage, they had worked hard to go south, but uncommon winds beyond their control blew them to a distant northern shore they were trying to avoid, a shore that unknown to them was ideally suited for them and even awaiting them. They landed at a location that had been inhabited by hostile Indians who would have undoubtedly attacked and likely killed them, but who had recently been wiped out by a strange plague. They were met by a Samoset, who spoke English and acquainted them with the region, later introducing them to Squanto. Squanto, by his personal and even unfortunate experiences over the previous 15 years, had been uniquely equipped to help the pilgrims. He adopted them as his own people, teaching them how to survive in the new world, seeing all of these unlikely facts come together might suggest that the pilgrims were a very lucky people that the stars had aligned for them as they had for no other group in human history. This is one possible exp- explanation, but the more likely one and the one repeatedly demonstrated in the American story is that the superintending providence of God prepared the unique pieces in this complex puzzle and then brought them together at the proper time. What occurred to Plymouth is a manifestation of the golden thread that so often runs throughout the complex tapestry of our history. That uh, an excerpt out of The American Story by David and Tim Barton. Folks, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. folks we are back thank you so much uh, for staying tuned and uh, that last reading was out of the american story uh the beginnings by david and tim barton i'm now in uh i am in the founder's bible which by the way is another david barton project and no it's just coincidence got a lot of stuff from david barton today but uh He's good on this kind of stuff, Thanksgiving and, and American history and American traditions. And so, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of David Barton today. Um, in the Founders Bible he um, uh, that uh, David Barton put together, and it's the uh, New American Standard version of the Bible, but it is just chucked full of articles and biographies and stories of the founding of this country and the ideals of this country, the principles upon which this country was built, and so, and he, and he tries to plant them near an appropriate scripture, and so in Second Chronicles uh, five through seven is where the new temple is being dedicated to God, and in God is uh, eventually, I think, in chapter uh, uh, eight or chapter seven, uh, then then God says, uh, "Yep, I like this place," and. Uh, I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. And so the um, the temple is built. There's a lot of uh, gratefulness and gratitude going on. God says, okay, it passes inspection. I will make it my home. And uh, so this is the the um, David Barton passage, the David Barton writings that go along with 2 Chronicles 5 through 7. It's titled, The Heart of a Grateful Nation. King David, blessed by God throughout his long life, envisioned building a majestic temple to honor the Lord, but God told David that it would instead be his son Solomon who would construct the building. So David prepared everything his son would need, and when Solomon became king, he built the temple, gathered the nation together, and dedicated the new structure with a time of prayer and praise. And that's uh, you can find all of that in Second Chronicles 5 through 7. The spirit of God filled the temple and fell on those present with God promising Solomon that he would hear and answer prayers prayed from that location. Significantly this incident and this passage were invoked, invoked by the founding fathers at a significant moment early in the political life of a young America. On September twenty-fifth, 1789, the very first federal Congress had just finished framing the Bill of Rights, the capstone on the Constitution. On that notable day, the official records of Congress report, and this is all out of the official records of Congress that I'm about to read, Mr. Bodenot said that he could not think of letting this session pass over without offering an opportunity to all citizens of the United States of joining with one voice in returning to Almighty God their sincere thanks for the many blessings he had poured down on them. With this view, therefore, he would move the following resolution, resolved that a joint committee of both houses be directed to wait upon the President of the United States to request that he would recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Mr. Sherman justified the practice of thanksgiving on any remarkable event not only as a laudable one in itself, but as a warranted by a number of precedents in the holy writ. For instance, the solemn thanksgiving and rejoicing which took place in the time of Solomon after the buildings of the temple was a case in point. This example he thought worthy of Christians Christian imitation on the present occasion, and he would agree with the gentleman who moved the resolution. Mr. Bodinot quoted further precedents from the practice of the late Congress and hoped the motion would meet a ready acquiescence or approval. The question was now put on the resolution, and it was carried in the affirmative. And so that is right out of the Proceedings of the Congress, Uh, Volume 1, pages 949 through 950, um, that was September 25th, 1789. Yes, they wrote all this down and we can read it today. We're not we're not channeling dead people. Um, so let's get back to the story. Congress's recommendation was delivered to President George Washington, who happily concurred, issuing America's first federal proclamation for a day of prayer and Thanksgiving. That proclamation declared, this is from George Washington whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty god to obey his will to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor now therefore i do recommend that may then all unite that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. That's from George Washington. Notice that George Washington said that nations, not just individuals, but nations have four duties. One, to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. Two, to obey his will. Three, to be grateful for his benefits. And four, humbly to implore his protection and favor. This proclamation, along with the several other calls for prayer he issued in his administration, was written by Washington himself, whereas other presidents had chaplains of Congress write their proclamation. Significantly, America's first federal day of thanksgiving occurred because founding fathers in Congress were thoroughly familiar with the Bible and found precedent for such a day from 2 Chronicles 5 through 7, one of many American practices with a biblical basis. So that is uh, the uh, article that accompanies Second Chronicles 5 through 7. That one was written by David Barton. It is in the uh, Founder's Bible and um, another highly recommended. Uh, yeah, that's a good book to read on your list of books. I think we would, could put the Bible up there um, at the top of the list. By the way, in that article was a wee little bit of um, George Washington's proclamation of Thanksgiving. And it's really, I've always read just the parts of it. Well, um, I had, I found yesterday um, in a book by uh, a friend of ours, Tommy Hayes, who is uh, over at, uh, um, who occasionally offers classes at Bridge Church. Let's put it this way. He uh, has classes over at Bridge Church during the week has a great book called a daily prayer journey with tommy hayes and uh on uh for november 24th he actually prints the entire george washington uh proclamation which i think is worth reading again uh, the whole thing because george washington he, whatever's whatever is important he says more than once and uh i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to reading this and uh we're going to do that right after we get back from this short break. Y'all stay tuned. All right, there we go. Like Harley says, Friday is, or Thursday is mini Friday. And uh, so I guess we got a little mini Ted in here, just a wee bit of Ted to get us ready for um, probably a lot of you already have all of the total a whole rest of the week off um, i'll be back here tomorrow um, 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 bob will be back here and harley and uh, we'll all be in here tomorrow um, so george washington was asked by the um, I, 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 there is a, a process that i find kind of interesting and out of all this story i had never seen this before but what happened was there was a motion made and in in congress that to go ask the president to proclaim that there be a day of thanksgiving and it was seconded and voted on it and then they sent a note over to president washington who then you follow me there there was a process for all of this and they went through it all george washington didn't just wake up in november and said i think i'm going to proclaim thanksgiving day this went through Congress first, lots of discussion, votes. They probably worded it all for him. Uh, I, I don't know all the details, but they're all there. They're all written down. They're, they're all there. They have Those are records. We can see everything they said. All of that exists. And uh, so that that, I think, is very cool. So anyway, here is the, once they went through that process, then uh, George Washington wrote this. Well, he, he delivered it. He probably had some help, maybe not. Um, but here's what he wrote, and I want you to pay attention to the things that he lists as blessings and to the things that he prays for. That's why I want to read the whole thing, because it is, it's an outstanding proclamation, and I've never heard all of it. And uh, here's the part we've already read, uh, a little bit abbreviated. Whereas it is the duty of all nations, oh man, I could just start right there. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress, having by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal flavors signal favors of almighty god especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness man i could i could just stop with that first paragraph break that we could spend an hour talking about the everything awesome in that first paragraph but i only have 10 minutes and uh, 38 seconds left so going into the second paragraph now therefore i do recommend and assign thursday the 26th the day of november next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the benefit beneficent beneficent author of all the good that was that is or that will be that we may then all unite in rendering under him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence which we experienced in the course of and conclusion of the late war for the great degree of tranquility union and plenty which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge and in general for all the great and various favors which he hath been pleased to confer upon us and so those oh my goodness second paragraph a list of all the things to be grateful for and notice in there he even mentions uh even mentions helping in the war he's and and i mean it's like thanks for helping us win the war and and some of those things that didn't make sense that happened right towards the end of the war we gotta thank you for that one because that had to be god's hand so now we've gone through the gratefulness and in this next paragraph george washington then also talks about praying for uh the uh, the different things that we should be praying for after our uh, uh our gratefulness He says also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, To render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws discreetfully and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as shown kindness to us. And I love that in parentheses. He's saying we should... uh, we should pray for all the uh, uh, for protection for all of uh, the the nations and the sovereigns, and then he says, well, and particularly those who have uh, been our friends through all of this. You just got to love that. So let me start over: um, to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, and to bless them with good government, peace, and concord; to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. In the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best, given under my hand at the city of New York, the third day of October, in the year of our Lord seventeen eighty nine, George Washington, President. I just love that he. It's all he goes through all the things to be grateful for, and he then goes into the things that we should pray for, including other nations and other sovereigns, but especially those that have shown kindness unto us. That 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 is just too good. That just tells you so much of the character of George Washington um and uh that uh, it just uh that's just a little kind of a giveaway into his personality and you may have noticed that uh of course most of you probably know that way he didn't write that in washington dc because it (laughs) didn't really exist yet in 1789 it was a swamp over there um they were in new york uh the capital had been in new york and philadelphia and and uh so here we go was um Going to end up, of course, eventually in Washington D.C., but it wasn't at the time. So this is uh, George Washington's um, declaration of the second of the Thursday, the twenty-sixth day of November next, and uh, so that would have been the first true Thanksgiving. Then, by official, legally, would have been seventeen ninety. Um, if he, no, let's see, it would have been 1789 because he made the proclamation in October and he then says, uh, that is for the Thursday, the 26th day of November next. So that would have been the first, uh, officially recognized, um, uh, day of Thanksgiving in this country was going to be Thursday november 26th of 1789 and that is uh, also the summer they had spent rewriting the constitution 1789 it was uh, by then it was being sent on its way Uh, when he wrote this uh, it was being sent on its way to all the various uh, states for their approval and ratification it would be two years it would be 1791 before all of this was finally ratified and the constitution that we know of today would be uh, taking uh, uh, taking effect. And so that is uh, when this came out, this national uh, day of uh, Thanksgiving, this was uh, not from the um government that we have this was uh from uh the before the government before the constitution so there you go they didn't get much done in those first 11 years before the uh we had the constitution but uh, at least they got us in a um got us in they had actually had a committee that met and recommended that uh this be sent off to george washington so, uh, good story. Um, that came out of and By the way, there are probably a lot of places I could have found that complete speech. But uh, my wife happened to have that book Morning by Morning, which is a daily prayer journal with Tommy Hayes. And there it was. It was easy. I didn't even have to Google nothing. It was right there. So, thank you, Gail, for uh, providing that for me. So, we do have a, a scripture and I took my bookmark out, but it is in Second Chronicles 7, 12 through 14. And as soon as I can get back over there, um, I will find it for you. And here we go. I'm almost there. I'm going to keep talking. Y'all uh, visit among yourselves. And I will find Second Chronicles. There's nothing like looking up to trying to find an Old Testament uh, book under pressure. So we are at, I found First Chronicles. Here we are, Second Chronicles 7, 12 through 14. All right. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place. For myself as a house of sacrifice, if I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and will heal their land. So there you go. That is a scripture that a lot of people are using these days, calling for it's time for our nation to wake up. It's time for our nation to humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray to God for forgiveness. Um, and uh, we've got a promise that the land will be healed, folks. Um, be safe out there today and uh, don't rush off to um um h-e-b to buy uh, whatever those last minute supplies are um just um be careful out there be nice to the tourists and uh enjoy your turkey and uh, go cowboys go cowboys i you know honestly i don't even know who they're playing bob do you know who they're playing i'm embarrassed um all i know is the broncos aren't playing so i'm not too worried about that um but uh yeah go cowboys and uh y'all have a good one today and uh lorraine is going to be in here any minute so y'all stay tuned